0: Everybody, all you're gonna, for all of you who still <laughs> claim to be confused about which one is Sarah and which one is me, Jen, all you're gonna do is listen to this week's and really get to know intimately the sound of Sarah's voice because <laughs> I, I was like, I'm not really sure what my job is this week. Okay, so, wait, but literally this is the entire reason why we have this podcast, I was like, can we do a <laughs> podcast about Sweet Ruin? <laughs> And I was like, let's, yes, but with a lot of other things, too. Yes, and. <laughs> yes, and let's do it 30 episodes in. You guys, Sweet Ruin is my to- in my top five romance novels of all time. In my top, like, one romance novel of all time. <laughs> I know, I was like, top five. Sweet Ruin, Part One, Sweet Ruin, The Epilogue, <laughs> <No>. Sweet Ruin. <laughs> The reread, sweet ruin, <laughs> exactly. Sweet ruin that chapter. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> that that chapter. Sweet ruin. All the other times we see ruin in the whole series, <laughs> like just like for the forty sentences where we also sweet see ruin. ruin the Robert Petkoff edition. Sweet ruin. <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys. I love this book a whole freaking lot, a whole whole lot. I I love it, but I feel like I'm tempering my love because I don't want to. I just feel like it's, it's not my much. place. I get it. I get it. It's yeah. I'm I'm just simply the straight man this week. I'm going to play well, the one who like f- asks questions. And I feel like I need to say um, this is episode one of seventy four because <laughs> there are seventy three chapters of this book. And an epilogue. So <laughs> there are a lot of chapters in this yeah, book. It's interesting. This is, so Cressley writes a short chapter and always always has, um, but I feel like she really like crosses over into this like yeah, it's cool. staccato oh, almost, right? Yeah, like it's so quick, and I think that's part of why I love it so much because it short chapters make the pacing so fast like you oh, just, absolutely you tear through this book and part of the reason why you tear through it is because or rather part of the reason why the pacing has to be so on point in this book is because um there's so much happening in it the short chapters make for fast pacing rule i think is true everywhere like do you read all the light we cannot see yes of course sure same thing i feel yeah. like it's like a, a rule. I don't know yeah. who made that rule, but it's a rule. Well, it is a rule. It's actually a rule that I've never really been very good at following. But actually, in the last two books, the, the Bare Knuckle Bastard series of mine, Wicked and the Wallflower and Brazen and the Beast, I've been much more conscious of like ending a scene where the scene needs to end and then just like new chapter. I used to like yeah. write a scene and then do like a decorative, like. A decorative a thing on the, on the page and then like a new a new scene but in the same chapter and i actually don't see why that's valuable um so because i think what's really interesting here and and with all with a lot of the books that have short chapters is like it also moves the pov back and forth really fast so like yeah you'll be in a scene with rune and then instantly switch to josie and like you get the exact same scene really quick from the opposite point of view, and you just feel so you feel like you're really in it with both of yeah. them. You feel deeply connected to both of these characters. So, this is the beginning of the Morior arc, right? The movement, the Morior movement. The Morior movement. And again, I feel like it's really interesting because we don't know if the Morior movement like continues or like goes on hiatus with monroe because that book's not out yet mm-hmm. and i think that's like a really big question for both of us because wicked abyss is certainly part of the warrior movement although we're gonna pause and go to the shadows books next time right we still are gonna wait um and i think that's like a really interesting question but um just because i don't i i don't know right and so i think that's like another it's hard to believe the Moriar movement is only two books that cannot be right no, it surely isn't, so, especially because she's sort of laying the groundwork for a lot of other characters. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you never know, because she also could be getting tired and she doesn't want to do this anymore. Like, that's real. Um, sure. But I don't like that, so let's just pretend that's was like, not the answer.
1: How did you um, speak
0: that into the world? But okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so our characters are uh, Josephine Doe, Josie. Mm -hmm. Um, Young Josie who's another one of our characters so everybody laughs at me when I say this but I actually think Sweet Ruin is also a possible entryway entry point into the series Um, and I I know that sounds crazy but we've talked before about how every time we have like a mortal heroine or a heroine who um, is young and like doesn't quite did not grow up in the lore right um, she has to learn everything Right, And so as she's learning it, we're learning it alongside with her. And it's a really, like, smart con- – I don't know if Cressley does it on purpose, although I think Cressley does everything on purpose. But it's a really smart conceit to, like, as, like – to leave right. these kind of entr- – like, they're basically, like, entrances to the highway, to the IAD highway, right? Well, I think the other thing that I, I think about a lot – and I think this is something that she has in common with Lila – Mm-hmm. is that they're both... the heroine of Wicked Abyss? Yeah, is that they're both... The Valkyries have their coven, right? The witches have their house. But these heroines are alone. And I think that that means there's also a sense that we can enter into their stories because we don't need... Like, we don't need all that other backstory about who they are and who they belong to. So I think right. it's – I also think that Wicked Abyss could be an entry point, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. And I also think – well, but Lila, too, and we'll talk about this when we do Wicked Abyss, but Lila, too, is um, very earthbound. Even though she's a fairy, or she's fae, she is um, – She like, we see her – like, she lives in the mortal world. She, like – Passes as a human, right? Um, And so, and Josie, so Josie passes Mm. as a human, but she doesn't think she's a human. She knows she's a freak part of what she is, right? Right. So uh, the book begins, and we are um, Josie is young. It is fourteen years earlier, and she has, um, she is homeless. She has a Mm -hmm. infant brother who like came with her mm-hmm. to um they're in houston right they're in houston um and she like bums around the library and like the librarian has sort of taken her under her wing and like gives her food and like takes care of her but there's like she's homeless and she's like running with her little brother she doesn't want to get caught because she's afraid that obviously if right. she gets caught they'll be separated and who knows what so she falls in with, like, a terrible crowd and ends up getting shot. Yeah. And dying. Like, she sees herself come out of her body. She, like, she she dies. Um, and then she returns as a ghost. She Well, she doesn't know what she is. She's like, I, I think She's I'm a, freak, a ghost. She's a freak is what she, she calls herself, yeah. right? She goes back to – her brother has now been adopted by the librarian. She goes back to that home. And – the librarian sees her and is terrified, rightly so, because this child sure. is dead. Um, and uh that is that. Like she says, right. Don't don't ever come back, or she she sees that she's causing more trouble than Yeah. I think she sees that Sad doesn't quite remember her and that Sad is really happy in his like right he I think he calls the librarian mama. Yeah and and Josie had been his mother even though she was just really little and so i think what happens is she realizes like i can't take care of him i don't even know how to take care of myself he's it's a painful really painful moment and yeah well cuz she's yeah. dead so she's obviously feeling alone And then the only thing – she's always been alone. She's always been taking care of both of them. And the only thing that she can really – the only thing she really – the only purpose she has is she realizes she has to let it go, right? Right. So she lets that go, her baby brother, who is a toddler at this point. And then um, we flash forward uh, to present day. And uh, we discover that Josie has been following Thad obviously she's been keeping keeping up with that i mean it's been her like life's work right it's really i mean i feel like i've said before like oh my god this heroine made me so sad but like josie made me so sad because not only is she completely alone but she knows that she is different than other people she knows that there's something like out there that she cannot figure out herself and her it's i mean it's it's honestly just really Ugh. it's heartbreaking i find her to be a really like the feelings i have for her are so poignant and i think it's just like the starting and and as a starting place for for like her like this love she has for rune all she wants is to find someone she can belong with and he has belonged with the whole world and the whole world's and and he's so, um, oh, he's, he's just so cold. Like, it's a really interesting pairing. Yeah. So, Rune. So, Josie is young. She's possibly 25? our youngest. She's our yeah. youngest heroine, I think. She might be, Holly might be right around her same age. And Mariketa, maybe. Yeah. But Mariketta feels like you can't really. Oh, yeah. I mean, like. No. Yeah, Mariketta has to be set aside as a young heroine because she's so badass, like right. so powerful. Um, so anyway, so you, so Josie's our youngest heroine, our youngest sort of like human esque heroine. Um, oh, and it's important to note Josie discovered she's a vampire like yeah. when she was young. Like she gets yeah she, when she realizes that she is dead, she also realizes like oh I could be hungry, <laughs> and then she like she feeds. Right. So, we readers and Josie appreciate that. She, like, we know she's a vampire. She knows she's a vampire, but never really gives language to it. Mm-hmm. And she can do this thing called ghosting, um, which we'll get to. So, we have our youngest heroine ever in the universe. And in comes mm-hmm. uh, Rune Dark Light. do doo doo. I know. I am like, like I want just pause to pause for like, giggling. Oh my god, I love him. I love him so much. Uh, Rune is uh, one of the Morior, the bringers of doom, and yeah. we've been hearing about them for a few books. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of this book is when Josie at some point imagines them as being like the super friends but <laughs> evil. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly, <laughs> and I honestly kind of love it. Like sure. it was like, like it was great. Sure. The yeah, like they're like Bizarro Avengers, right? Yeah. Um. And so well, here's where we we meet we meet Rune in what I envision to be sort of a the Star Trek you know what is it called? What's that ship called? The Intrepid? No, that's not right. That's a big ship on the, the west Enterprise. Side of, the Enterprise. The Star Trek Enterprise. Like I just so they're in a realm called Tenebris that's like hurtling through space time existence right and so and it's and he's like that we meet rune like wandering around the empty halls of this what i cannot stop thinking about as like a spaceship style like thing yeah me too it's like well and he's basically on like the night watch but when you're immortal or like a god or whatever the night watch is like hundreds of years yeah like everyone else is napping like (laughs) that's what it says like it's basically like everyone else is asleep and poor rune has to like bum around for 500 years waiting for them to get close to earth yeah because the head of the mori a man named orion who is we still don't know and we'll get to orion um, has amassed this, like, has it's basically like Arthurian legend, right? Yeah, like, I was going to say that, he right? He has, like, the Knights of the Round Table. There are 12 seats at this table, and each seat is reserved for um, a primordial of a species, of an immortal species, right? The primordial is the first of its kind. So mm-hmm. important to note, we already have a primordial Valkyrie on the page. Nyx right. presumably has a seat at this table. Yeah. Um and he is come for Nyx. Orion is coming for Nyx, who we know from the last it, book is working on being a goddess. Right? I hope he is coming for Nyx at some point. And <laughs> I am not the only one who thinks that. that. I'm just That is say my it now. great dream. Like my whole theory is that the only like the well, our whole theory is Yeah. Nick's, Everyone's it's right, yeah. an orion at the end right oh yeah on um, the last book so orion has amassed has like put together this table full of people who are you know rune the primordial dark fae um we'll get to it the you know elixta who's the primordial witch who i yes. love so much she's such a bitch i love her she has a who's, cat she has a familiar she does she's fucking pissed at earth witches uh, because oh, they yeah. don't pay taxes. Like, they, the witches owe her <laughs> taxes and they haven't paid their taxes. It's kind of awesome. Yeah, it is kind of awesome. There's Blaze. Blace? Is that mm-hmm. how they pronounce it? Yeah. Uh, the primordial vampire. And then there's some other creatures who I really love. There's, like, a dragon. sir Oh, yeah. Who, he's, he's permanently in his dragon stage. He'll be magnificent in Wicked Abyss, so stay tuned for dragon excitement. Yeah. And then there is the primordial wolf who is like one rage away from permanently wolfing out. What's his name again? Something with a I can't remember D, maybe. I forget. Oh yeah, Derek. There you go. And that's where I think Monroe comes in. Like I think there's gonna be a Derek. Yeah. Because you know, in McGreeve, there was this I McGreeve said like the there were the primordial or not, the, they weren't called the prim- the originals or like, I forget what they're called, but like right. the reverse the woods, of yeah. a like like the sort of the ones who live as wolves and sometimes yeah. are men um, right. versus the ones who live as men and sometimes are, you know, like a. So he, I think like that's coming back around in some yeah. way with this primordial wolf. So they all sit at this table. There's some empty seats at this table, and uh, Rune has been there for I mean, t- he's been alive for 10,000 years. He's the oldest character we've met, right? Because he's older than Lothair, and Lothair and Nyx are like 3,000 years oldish, yeah, right? yeah. So he's been around for 10,000 years, and he he Uh, Orion, so he's also like the hunter of the Morior, like he's the archer. So he has incredible skill, like all the skill that Lucia had as an archer, like, but with 10,000 years of experience. Right. And Rune, he specializes in runes, obviously, and he can, like, he has all these arrows that do cool stuff. And Orion sends him to fetch. no to kill well like orion says go get nix yeah right and there's a question as to whether or not orion is saying like go kill nix or what like orion we don't we never spend much time with orion we don't know his end game you get the very real sense that he is just as brilliant as nix and has a like big plan in place well it's also interesting one of the things i caught like on this reread was that he is like a a shape shifter of like a where he can shape shift his human form, mm-hmm. right? So at it, it, the beginning, when they kind of all wake up, it's like this time he looks like Thor, but last time he looked like dark haired, or I mean, and he I, can, um, he yeah. can change his like. Typically, he masks his eye color because at one point, like way late in the game, Rune sees his eye color and goes, "Is that a like?" Basically, thinks to himself, "Like, oh holy shit, like." I know what he is, but we don't. He he, he doesn't tell us. Yeah, um, that's Cressley being a jerk. <laughs> so, so we love you, Cressley. In case you're listening, And we do well. Cressley knows we love her. It's fine. So, <laughs> um, I mean, I would expect that after well, all Well, and this, I think right? the thing that I found interesting about the Morior, I, and I'm just gonna say this before we like move on to talk about like what you love the about book. like the this book. romance, right? Yeah, is we've talked extensively about like leveling up and we have seen in the last couple books the introduction of other realms. Now we get that these primordials are like sort of regardless of realm or worlds. I mean, so it's just like making the whole set, the whole stage just got so much bigger. And it also sets up an opposition force to Nick's that actually feels threatening, right? Yeah. So for 16 or however many books, she just kicks everybody's ass. Mm-hmm. And now we get the sense, at least, that these folks could be like a real threat to her. And that is interesting to me, mm-hmm. also. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it has to be the setup for the end of the series. I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm sorry everyone, but like there's no way Cressley's writing these books forever. Right. And this has to be the setup for the end of the series because of that because yeah. Nyx just can't end up with that. Like no. she just can't. <laughs> that? That's nonsense talk on the part of my I wanted Jen. I wanted <laughs> I, to be clear. I wanted Fury to. End okay, up well, with Fury that. can't either, but that's a different thing. <laughs> um, I but don't even know him. absolutely cannot. Like of course, not. for Nick's to have a satisfying love story for any of us, she has to be. I mean, like she has to be matched in absolute parody. Like, yeah. it has to be cat versus cat. Oh, sure. And, you know, one of the things I've thought a lot about is, like, we have speculated that it would be very hard to write Nyx as a heroine because of what we know about how her brain works. And then, if you pair her with a god who understands everything she understands, her, like, thought processes will be clear to him. And therefore, mm-hmm. like, clear to us, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of ways in which that seems so inevitable. I. Well, and it's you know, already set yeah. up that she can't see him.
1: Yeah. Right? Like, she right. he
0: is the only thing she cannot – she is ever knowing, but she is not all-knowing. And one right. of her blank spots is Orion. Right. Right. We don't have that kind of information about Orion, though. No. Um, and like, we don't have really any information about Orion, which I, I think is actually just really just smart – a smart move on Cressley's part. The same way Absolutely. you put the, like, you know, Thane's key – rain's Mm -hmm. key on the on the table you can't give the readers too much about orion because he's too powerful you're going to need him to do all sorts of things and like you can't limit him so that's the morior we love them but also what's really interesting is there's set up what i like the most about the use of the morior is they're set up for multiple books as the bringers of doom right which is not a great name (laughs) like it doesn't doesn't you know strike Strike, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't lead to a whole lot of confidence on the part of IAD readers, right? But in they come. And the theory is like, and they're coming for Nyx. That's the whole plot of this book is Thad is under. So Thad, we will remember from the Lothair arc of the series. Mm -hmm. Thad is under the protection of the Valkyries at Val Hall. Um, And so, and he is there. Josie knows he's there but doesn't know anything else does she know he's there she comes to know he's there and that's why she essentially agrees to work with Rune because they now have the common foe even though they have different reasons for wanting to get exactly right I mean it's a really it's a very clean conflict right like oh yeah Josie wants Thad Rune wants Nyx Rune Josie is too clever to rele- reveal that she doesn't know things. She's yeah. also very proud. Like, she's written, she's a great character. She's written as super proud, like, unwilling to bend, right? Her whole her whole mantra is, like, squeeze it till it breaks. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> and so, like, she's unwilling to bend, but she, um, so she's unwilling to sort of admit that she doesn't understand this world and she doesn't know where that is and she doesn't know how this is all working and that's but she sees that rune is her entrance into this and so um they make a partnership but they would have made a partnership anyway because (laughs) rune is dark fey and this is where it starts to get amazing i'm so excited (laughs) jen tell everybody what a dark fey is So we've met one before, if you'll remember, Natalia, right? Who is like locked up in Torture Island, but we didn't really know anything about her. But runes, every secretion from his body is poisonous to everything and everyone. Yeah! (laughs) Right? Except one thing! Uh, (laughs) Not to Josie, right? oh god sarah you're so thrilled about this i don't even want like you like i like it's like you're like tell them i'm like no you tell it's them so good you guys he's so poisonous to ever. okay so here's the thing he has a monster cock oh,
1: that yeah, apparently
0: course. does like well he's like seven things. feet tall okay, or whatever he, he's like the tallest of all of all of, well he's primordial right so of course I mean, I guess. He's the biggest, strongest, most wonderful. He's Rune. He's And therefore, his dick is the biggest, too. Fine. He's a monster cock. And he needs this monster cock because he literally, he cannot kiss anyone. He cannot perform cunnilingus on anyone. (laughs) You love that. There's a first time for everything. It's amazing, right? So he can't do any of these things. And he's half, so he's, so a dark fae is half fae, half demon, So he has a demon seal. So he can come, but he can't ejaculate. Yeah. And so, but he never comes. But he is so good at sex. Yeah. Like, he's (laughs) so good at sex, you guys, that the nymphs, like, he's a celebrity in the cubbies. Oh, yeah. It's like, (laughs) God. At three different points in this book, he walks into a cubby and there's a standing ovation for Rune and his... No oh. cunnilingus, monster cock. Like, I know. That's, like, an amazing thing. He's so good. The nymphs give him a standing ovation. Oh, you guys, there's so many things that are, like, fascinating about this is up, too. Like, I feel like I'm, like, now let's just stop and talk about this forever. But here's the couple things. Like, one of the things I find really interesting about it is that the, the – I'm, like, in a his emotional... He's so emotionally detached. Mm. Well, like, sex to him is all about power. It's just it's a weapon. Work. It's work, right? Because he... Because remember, we've met the nymphs before, and every... Everyone goes to the coveys. Like, the coveys are like bordellos. Right. Um, So the nymphs hear everything. Like, yeah. they get all the... They're a great network of information, and that's going to be important. Like, we talked early in this podcast about how we didn't love the way Cressley set up nymphs in 2004. Right. By 2017, Cressley has figured out nymphs. Like, yeah, the nymphs have power. They have, they are a network of of informants. They have information. They have important tools. They are like essential to now the arc of the series. And in this particular case, Rune is so good it's like he has learned to be excellent at sex so that he can service nymphs and be paid like basically get information from them right right yeah now the part that's also really interesting about this though is this is another Cressley hero who has who was literally sold into sexual slavery yeah right and so And I promise we'll get back to talking about Josie because I definitely – she's so fascinating. Well, this is only – we're only, what, like an hour into this? (laughs) (laughs) We're only on, you know, chapter 7 of of 70. (laughs) I literally was like, Daryl, I'm going to need you to bring dinner home because I'm recording with Sarah at starting at four <laughs> and I have to leave at eight to pick up our child so I'm not gonna be able to do anything else for those four hours and he just sent me a text that was like okay <laughs> sure no so here's the thing like we've talked about and I think what's interesting is it I think the his emotional scars from from being sold into slavery essentially because he did it to save his mother he was sort of promised that by doing this he could save his mother and we all and you know we all know that's not going to work out and so the fact that he then essentially turns it on its head like i was forced to do this literally every night he had to please everyone and if he didn't they would you know threaten to kill him is to then take those skills right that he learned Essentially, and say now I'm going to use them against the world to get what I want. It's very tied up in his psyche in a way that is like really tangled and really, um I, yeah. I, I just I found myself thinking about it a lot. It's mm-hmm. really, it's really meaty, right? And I feel like there's just so much there, and there really is because also like it's his. He believes this is his whole purpose. Right, And there comes a point way later in the book, um, which we'll get to, like we're going to have to talk about the dark moment in this book and like how it all plays out, right? Where he is basically like my only job, the only reason why Orion saved me from that horrible life, right? Yeah. From which I would have happily died to get out of it. Like... The only reason why Orion did that is so that I could then fuck all these nymphs for him and, like, get him – like, be the information bringer. And Orion puts – like, stops that. Like, finally, 10,000 years later, Orion is like – No, you dumbass. I just thought you'd be good at getting information from people. It's really magnificent because, again, like, that could be a moment where, like, in the hands of a lesser author, I say all the time – like somebody could have, like a reader would read that and say, well, this is, this is dumb. Like, why didn't Orion say this like 6,000 years ago? But it makes perfect sense because Orion is so, like he's operating on this like universal plane. Where right. like this is all just like, he does it's, this all, this all feels like very like messy and mortal for him. I mean, the thing that's, I think, fascinating always about this, is like these are immortals but the ways in which they are human right and like right like these are immortal like like you know I and uh I'm like uh eh recently I've read a couple books where I just feel like like things happen right like just a bunch of fucking things happen fine but I feel like if you are not walking away from a book like thinking about what it means to be human or what it means to like be part of the world or be like right to like use that English teacher word like a theme right and I feel like the ways in which with the ways in which Rune cannot escape his own interiority yep that's what's going on here. I mean, it's literally like when you're like, and I think we've all had that moment. We're like, like chugging along, doing shit the way we think it's supposed to be done. And someone's like, why are you doing it that way? Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait, what do you mean? I think that that there was something very real to me about that, that he couldn't let go of thinking, this is what I'm good at. So I'm going to have to do it this way, even though that was never, ever said. Right. And, and that I found... To every time I read this and every time I think about it, that self destructive element in him mm-hmm. that is all of us, yeah. So, Rune, also on top of all of this, right? On top of Orion and his time as a child being a, a sexual, sexually abused, um, sexually assaulted, a slave, right? A, a sex slave, like, there's he has always been poison, right? Yeah, and not in that good boys to men way. Oh no, that was. <laughs> that girl is poison. poison. No, that's, I think that's no. Now you know, your slick blow. <laughs> it is. Sorry, it's called Viv DeVoe. It's fine. Which is partly boys, boys to men. men. ABC, Ladies, coach, family. Fine, everybody. <laughs> don't add us. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know. So, okay. So he he has Bane blood, right? His blood is yeah. black. It is pure poison. Like one drop of it will kill you. Oh, yeah. And so so Kissing will kill you. Somebody – one of our very favorite Twitter people, Aunt Angelique, pointed, who is a nurse, pointed out that, like, this is worse than most of the sexually transmitted diseases that – than all of the sexually yeah. transmitted diseases that we know about as humans because usually saliva, like, is so distilled that – or not distilled. It's uh, so diluted that you can't get a disease from saliva You can die from rune's saliva, right? So, like, he just can't. Like, he is pure poison. He doesn't get a mate. That's insane. He's poison. If he broke his mate seal, his demon seal, and came inside someone, he would have immediately found his mate and then also killed them, right? So, this is all. Like, he just, and he's not, he is... Fucking all these nymphs, but it's not attempting. It's never described as attempting no in, in his mm-hmm. in the way that it is for all the other demons. Like no. for Rune, it's a job. He's never and he's in such control. Like he he just he never even feels the urge to come, right? To so right. like he he doesn't come. So here we he can go. experience pleasure but there's no ejaculation right exactly but i but i you get the sense from him that like he's been doing this for so fucking long like nothing surprises him and he's just not that into it right oh yeah well and in fact this is breaking one of the cardinal laws of romance which is the first time our heroine sees the hero he is fucking someone else and she is like hey he is a nice ass. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Josie's knocking around New Orleans, right? Yeah. Like wondering about her brother. And she hears a nymph just losing her mind. Yeah. <laughs> Screaming rune the way I scream rune, you guys. <laughs> and <laughs> and <laughs> uh, she's curious. Yeah. You know, she's curious. She follows she follows the, the noise. She gets to him like, you know, banging like multiple ru- multiple nymphs against a wall and she smells him yeah. and she's like oh he's not wearing Axe body spray he smells delicious. delicious yeah and then you know push comes to shove and they end up meeting and Josie can't resist she bites him to drink him and he's like you just sign your death warrant he i yeah. think that's exactly what he says like he's like you die now well she she chases her down right she sort of goes he follows the smell of her he knew she was a voyeur right but yeah I mean when he she just is like you will fucking smell amazing I am gonna bite you and like they it is it's hot right so I just got a puppy and (laughs) I so and and Kahlo is learning Kahlo our puppy is learning not to bite right but he's a puppy and so he, like, you can see on his little face, like, he's like, I don't want to, I'm not supposed to bite that thing. Like, I know I'm not supposed to. I'm not supposed to. And then he's like, uh, st- I can't. It's too hard. <laughs> and then he just, like, bites it. <laughs> this is Josie in that moment with Rune. Like, he she yeah. just is like, I can't, I, like, I can't. I'm biting him. And so she, she does. literally climbs him like a tree. And I mean, just, who wouldn't? Yes. Ugh. And then she bites him and he's like, you're going to die. Except she Dozen. No. She's like, holy you shit. You taste amazing. This yeah. is amazing. And he's like, your body is a wonderland. Like, I mean, instantly. Yeah, instantly he's like, what the fuck? And he, like, grabs her ass and he, like, unzips his pants and puts his cock, like, in her underwear. He, like, snakes it up in there and they, like, rub up against they, each like, other. They, like, dry hump on the wall It's not dry. <laughs> well, and, like, dry, not dry for her. Dry for him. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and, like, so there's this whole, like, and then there's this moment where he's like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm not poisoned to her. Which means... Yeah. I can lay her out on a bed and torture—I'm using air (laughs) quotes—torture her into giving me all the information that I need because this is how he gets information from the nymphs. He like sexually like tortures them and edges them until they can't bear it anymore, and then like they tell him the secrets, and then he lets them come. Right, right. So he's like, I can torture her, and I can torture her for real now. But I would like to say, before he has that moment of logic, he does come like a fucking fire hose. (laughs) I mean, he doesn't actually come, but he, except not. But, I mean, he is so excited, and he cannot believe he's coming, and he's super into it. Like, so I would like to say his first response is not, like, logical, I can use this against her. His first response really is, like, I've something miraculous has happened of course yeah. his first response is like not his yeah. uh, his 130th response is not I can yeah. use this against her I mean like intellectually it's like I can use this against her but like emotionally and physically and like frankly they're fucking faded mates if he would notice like if he would pay yeah, attention no like everything else in the whole world like the universe is basically telling him like this is yeah. your like y- you belong to each other Mine, mine 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 <laughs> Except he doesn't say it. She says it. Mind, mind, mind. She says it. I mean, that's the thing, like, right? Like, 10,000 years of, like, training. The universe has trained him to believe that he's poison, that he does not deserve a mate, that he, right? Like, all these reasons emotionally that he could never have that. It's like he can't even see literally what's right in front of him. And we have talked about this. Like, the fact that she recognizes that he must be her mate, right, that she's the one who has that instinct and that calling, it, I, it really means something, I think, right, to have mm-hmm. a heroine experience that and have to decide what to do with it as opposed to, right, and it's a different experience. Yep. And you know what I love? It's such a – it's actually really interesting. So this is the book that came after The Master. Right. And there are a lot of echoes of The Master in this book in the sense that, like, Josie yeah. doesn't take no for an, like Josie's like, you're my mate. Like yeah. we I'm your mate. Like we're I figured it we're out, dummy. In. Yeah. And she says but, it real early. And he's like, no. And but she's she's like, but there are limits to it. Like, I if we do this, you have to be committed to me only. It's gotta mean something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Well, she and won't I take th- any of his shit. Like she oh, takes God, I love zero it. of his shit. And frankly, like this is a guy who with a single arrow can can decimate the bones of everybody in hearing distance. Yeah. Like, right. Like, no, everybody takes his shit because like, <laughs> right. there's no they option. Have to. Right? right. So he is, but there's, but there's so many like little moments while I was doing the reread, because I don't think I've ever read The Master and then Sweet Ruin and like mm. one right after another. And while I was doing the reread, I was like, oh my God, like so much of it, the birth control thing. Yeah. That happens. The, um, you know the the fact that Josie is basically like she is a lot like um, what's her name, what's her name? Cat, cat, cat. yeah. Um, in that she just won't, she doesn't care about his power. She's she basically right. she's like, I know how this is gonna go, and it's gonna right. go my way, not your way. Um, yeah. And then <laughs> the fact that they both are like conlangist versions, but like really <laughs> excellent at it. Of like, course, immediately. <laughs> Tremendously well, excellent at just it. Like, Yeah, well, mm-hmm. um, that's, which that's, you know, fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine for him, and I'm excited for her. But I keep thinking the other way. Like I was like, she's afraid to have sex with this thing, but she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like she take like a little Advil before to loosen up that jar. What? <laughs> Like I like TMJ. I don't even know. Yeah. Ooh. Well, there's a there's this great tweet that we will put into the Twitter feed um, and also link to it in show notes where someone was like, "I'm gonna need an over under on the size of Roosterman's cock." And it's this gif of a rooster that is it's like Foghorn <laughs> Leghorn. It's amazing. <laughs> At that point, I'm just like. Did you see that? Oh, yes, I did see it. And I house? was just like, "Oh my god!" Um, oh, my brother! Like, like, my brother follows me on Twitter. Everybody, my other brother listens. I don't care. It's it, this is. It's one of those moments when people are like, "I read romance for the fantasy of it." Yes, in this particular case, this is pure fantasy. Nobody wants to face this down in real life, but there, it, there it is. <laughs> oh shit Sarah fuck (laughs) anyway so this is happening right so there's torture and I want to talk about that torture scene because I mean torture again I use air quotes basically it's all edging right so like he brings so except it's not edging to begin with because he gets her back to his apartment or wherever the hell oh yeah I can't even remember see I don't even care Um, I've read this book 5,000 times. I have no idea where they are in this moment. Are they in the, wait, they're in Tenebris or are they in the apartment above the sex club? Aren't those the same thing? Oh, wait, that's not the same. That's the same thing? I thought he kept an apartment above the sex club with the glass bottom floor. Yeah, but I thought, okay, same thing in my brain. That's like his apartment in Tenebris. Is a sex? I don't. Now that I'm saying that, that seems clearly ridiculous. <laughs> it Seems like Orion would not allow a sex club to just hurdle through space and time with them, but maybe. I mean, I don't know why not. I mean, Jesus, what else are you gonna do out there in space? Somebody is <laughs> gonna comment and yell at us, and that's just fine. So whatever. Are they in that sex club apartment? Oh, gee. they are in the sex club apartment okay. for sure. I'm. A, I have my book in front of me, and I'm now about to um. It's refer fine. to it. It doesn't matter. So they get back to his like bed. And then she's, like, laid out on it. And he's, like, I'm going to edge you. I'm going to torture you. And then he's, like, mm, but maybe I'll just let you come a few times first because I love this. Like, I, he yeah. just, like, he, he's he like a kid in a candy yeah. store. Like, he's, like, I've never been able to touch that or kiss that or do that or, sure. you know, or be with a person this way. And so, like, I want right. to try all of this shit, which is yeah. amazing because it's almost like Rune is the virgin. Yes. I mean... Well, yeah. He kind of is. Like, he kind of is. He's never been able to do any of this stuff. And when he's done the, like, normal stuff, which he's not allowed to do with Josie because she's made a sex deal. And I love a sex deal, as we know. Oh, God, I know. Sarah it's so loves good. a sex deal. Like, she's basically said we can't have sex until you realize that we're mates. Um, and so they they can't do that part. So he is, like, he is a virgin. And he's, like, a fumbling not fun, right? Brain, but he's like a 16 year old who's like, I can't, I gotta, we gotta, yeah, I like mind blowing, yeah. like McGreeve brain, <laughs> right? <laughs> St- <laughs> Static brain, right? Oh, McGreeve brain. So then he edges her a bunch and she's like, I don't fucking know anything about Nyx. And he's like, I can't break her, except it's the truth. <laughs> I know. All right, it's Tortua, Tor- Tortua, sure. the pleasure den. Sure, sure. okay. So then cut to Josie basically being like, I don't know anything about Nyx and it being true, but him not him believing that she's lying. And then he's like, she's too good. I can't break her. (laughs) (laughs) It tells us something about his success at his job, Mm -hmm. right? Like this is the way I always get the information I need, Mm -hmm. but also his I think it's foreshadowing that this is also, like, his limit, right? Like, we're going to see that he he doesn't have any backup plans Mm-mm. besides fucking. <laughs> which, I mean, he, what a he, gentleman, he, but also... He is, in another way, that is another way is like my dog. Like, he's one, one move, which is just bite it. Like, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's maybe uh, weird. But anyways... No. So, one pump chunk all right. so okay but then there's this beautiful moment which is josie saying like basically she like he 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 realizes like her restraints she's pulling against her restraints there she's bleeding that was never the intent he releases yeah. her because he doesn't want to hurt her and she's like she like kisses him all over his face and she's like are you no. and he's like are you thanking me and she's like yeah i like you so much you made me feel, i know you made me feel a I know. And it's so magnificent. It really is. Because "Hmm." this lonely baby. Yeah. Who, like, has just spent the last, like, 15 years knocking around New Orleans, like, you know, imagining what it is to have a person care about her. And this, like, lonely old man. Who spent the last ten thousand years (laughs) knocking around the world, like just wondering what it's like to have somebody care about him? Finally, are together. Yeah, and it's so good, you guys. It's the best of the books. You are all wrong if you think otherwise. It's so good. It's so well done. Well, I think (sighs) it's part of the part of the reason I think (laughs) that's true is. In earlier books, it's like your fated mate is, like, wrong, right? Like, you have to figure yeah. out how to work through this thing. And here we can see that they are absolutely fucking right for each other. Yeah. But he can't see – he he just can't see past, like, how entrenched he is, mm-hmm. right? I mean, he's so fucking entrenched he's down in, like, the Mariana Trench, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a, part, there's a part, part where he's basically like, she's going to be the one to have to change. Yeah. Oh, completely. Right. You're going to have to deal with me being me. I'm 10,000 years me. old. I can't change. And I kept you thinking, can, like, you're going to have to change. He, This motherfucker is, like, toxic masculinity perfon- personified, yeah. and he's not even human. Well, like, he's such oh a fucking God. asshole, too, at the beginning, oh, right? Oh, God. So, oh, yeah. So then there's all this piece. So then he's like, I'm going to find Nyx. And she's like, I'm going to come with you. Like, I want to be with you. I want to find my brother. And that's when it starts to get interesting. Yeah, because I want to talk about the vows to the lore now. I know, me too. You go. Well, I think one of the things that's really interesting is vows to the lore, remember, we are on a whole vows to the lore watch, right? And, like, when, when does it really get codified into place? And then it happens, and we kind of get it, like, put on pause for a while. Occasionally, people vow to the lore. Is this the book where, or was it the last one? Oh, where, um, what's his, f- what's his face, Thronos says something really interesting about, like, a vow to the lore was a fee- was one only a few could break. So we get this weird Somebody hint. Somebody says that. Yeah, I can't remember I think remember it's, Thronos, it's Thronos, right? Says, like, this is, like, a really... Impo- but, like, it's the first time we've seen that anyone could break it. So it's, like, it was all of a sudden interesting to me again. And then in this mm-hmm. one, we get someone who doesn't know how really powerful those vows are... Making them willy nilly and freaking rune out, right? He's like, What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, because she doesn't get it. And he and she won't tell him that she doesn't understand. Like she her whole thing is I don't understand any of this but I can't tell you and this is Josie's pride and I think Josie's pride is very important here right because like the whole dark moment of the book when we get to it it's gonna be the sort of clash between Josie's pride and Rune's like self (laughs) emulation like he's like it's he can't get past himself and she's just like fuck this I'm not doing this work for you so like I, I really like honor josie as a character now i think more than ever because like fuck this i don't want to have to do your work for you like get your shit together yes like oh my god that is I not know. women's job like your job is to manage your problems <laughs> right in our relationship and then like we can sort of figure it out together but like i'm not in charge of you yeah Yeah, I'm in charge of Thad. I mean, and I would like to say that too. Like, her whole thing all along is like, I'm into you. I think you're the man for me. I think you're my fated mate. But I love you. I've got to go take care of my fucking brother too. I got to get this shit figured out. Like, you are clearly going through a thing. Yeah. And, and like, that's fine. But, like, I don't have time for your business. And I love that. I love that. And I mean, like, I just want to be Josie when I grow up. Anyway. So, so Josie basically, like, he, so in part because of all that pride, she refuses to acknowledge what she doesn't know. Yeah. Um, and then uh, because of that, she's like, well, I'm out of the lure. Like, I'll only <laughs> eat ice cream for dinner forever. Like. Yes. And, every, and, and like, he's like, what the fuck what are, are you And he he's like, you are a complete mess. Like you yeah. are gonna ruin everything. You're gonna kill yourself and probably other people. Right. And like he starts to behave, and here's the thing, she kind of deserves it because he's like, don't fuck with this. Like, don't fuck yeah. with this. Ah. We haven't talked about the fact that she's illiterate. Cause he hands her the book of the lore. And he's like, read this shit and like collect yourself. <laughs> right, child. I mean like because he is a little bit like you're 25 years old. <laughs> i'm thousand years old there is literally nothing you can teach me like i know everything you know nothing including anything about the lore yeah right so read this book and i'll be back Uh. in like two hours she he basically like crates her (laughs) to continue this puppy analysis (laughs) analogy he's like stay in this apartment above a sex club right maybe that's the one in london i don't know he has a lot of apartments He's like, stay in this apartment, read this book. I'll be back. And she's like, go fuck yourself. Because, yeah. well, first of all, she's upset because she can't read, and it's literally the only thing she really ever wanted to be able to do. And she's I never know, learned, right? I know. And but she can't tell him that because she's ashamed of it. And then, um, and then she's like, you know what? I'm sitting in this fucking apartment. It's filled with priceless artifacts. Fuck this guy. Squeeze it till it breaks. Right. <laughs> And oh, she it's smashes so amazing. his whole apartment. She's, like, flipping Greek statues and, like, smashing Ming vases. And she's like, fuck this. The only thing she doesn't touch is his, like, Gutenberg Bible. Like, his, like, Shakespeare folios. Like, yes. all that. all Anything that is a printed word is safe from her. Yeah. But she's just breaking all his shit. Because she's like, don't leave me alone. Yeah. And he comes back and he's like, you're like a feral animal. And she was like, fuck you. <laughs> Let me break more stuff. (laughs) She doesn't know how to read in English, but she very quickly starts memorizing the runes that he is drawing on himself or on, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I I just think it's like a really clever conceit, right? Like, okay, I don't know how to read or write because I didn't go to school, but look at how fast I'm learning to read this other thing. Yeah. And I think the other thing that's interesting is, like, a lot of the runes are lost to, to Rune, right? His mother only taught him some. He didn't know all of them. He knows that there should be many more out there that he doesn't know. Well, he has the talisman. And I think it's really interesting, then, that in some ways, they're both missing something by not knowing their whole, like, written history, I yeah. guess I'd say. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So she's – then when she finds out that he's gone to find Nyx and her brother, which he – and he doesn't know Tad is her brother. She hasn't told him that either, right? So he's like, what are you into this guy? Like, what's your deal, right? He's a preteen. What is your fucking deal? (laughs) You are too old for him. Yeah. And she finds out that he's gone and she's pissed. And so she vows to the lore that if he does one thing to get to Nyx without her, she will never drink again never drink blood again and he's like what the fuck lady yeah right and and it's kind of amazing because he's I mean as a reader on the one hand you're like this asshole he treats her like garbage he's treating her like a child and then she does that and you're like this guy is a hundred (laughs) percent right like it's like what the fuck Josie haven't you read all these other books (laughs) Don't you know about vows to the (laughs) lore? Yeah. Well, vows, man. It turns out they're real serious. Yeah. So. (laughs) And so he explains to her. He's like, now I have to take you with me. Like, now I have everything I do. You have. And and she's kind of like, oh, that kind of worked for me then. So I don't know why you're pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Because she doesn't 100% believe. Like, I don't think Josie ever honestly gets to a point where she's like, oh, I get it now. No. Like, well, why would she? Yeah, because it works out It works for her. So, he has to take her all around the world, <laughs> and <just> Shazer <laughs> returns, my favorite. Nyx is like, fucking Nyx, right? Like, Nyx is amazing in this book, because she's like, yeah, follow me around the fucking world, then. Like, she's giving them, like, it's like It's clues. a scavenger hunt. She's like, won't this yes. be delightful? <laughs> rune's like i'm gonna fucking kill her (laughs) so she's like i'm gonna go to the top of this mountain in china right and rune is like well i've never been like earth gaia he calls it gaia like gaia is useless to me like i don't really hang out here ever so i've never been to the top of this fucking mountain in china and so that means i have to get us there but you're a vampire And so I cannot... We cannot fly. Like, it is... It needs to be at night. And Josie's like, okay, so they go to this place. They go to a barn in the quarter. And DeShazer is there. DeShazer, Mm -hmm. who we'll remember from earlier books. Oh, he's so great. Who is my favorite of the demons. (laughs) Who talks like a pirate, if you listen to the... To the, um... The audio. To the audio. uh, Petkoff does him as a pirate, and there's actually an audio, one of the recordings, one of the phone messages. Oh, yeah, is to right. Shazer. Ah, lass. This is DeShazer. Answer the call. Maybe I'll let you touch me horns. So um, great. And it's, he's delightful. And he's like, Well, I'll take you wherever you want to go <laughs> to Josie. And Rune is like, I'm going to kill this fucking guy, too. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, I'm going to kill all these guys. Um but they make a deal and Deshazer brings them to the to this like shaded area at the base of a mount of the mountain in China where they're supposed to find Nyx. Uh that's when the vows of the lore become clear because like so basically um Josie then traces um she traces into sunlight. Mm. And suddenly everybody realizes what she is. Yeah, which is First of all, she's a day-walking vampire, which yes. doesn't exist, like, And remember, female for vampires don't even really exist. Right. So there's all these ways in which it's, like, mind-blowing to everybody, right? And then... So DeShazer's like, holy shit, she's a day-walker. And then he's like, I won't tell anybody, like, that she exists. And Rune is... And she says, well, just do a... And Rune's like, no, you have to die. Like, you... This like you have to die. Like you have this information, it's gonna kill her. You have to die, and he's yeah. like, "No, I'll vow to the lore. I vow to the lore." And he makes this vow, and Rune is like, "You and I both know that's not enough of a vow. Like there are yeah. other ways. Like if a vampire drink, if a cossas drinks you, they'll sure. know. Like there are all these ways that it could happen. It's not enough." And so they start to fight, and <laughs> Josie then goes fucking invisible. Jumps inside of Rin's body and punches him in the face with his own <laughs> hand. Oh, God. It's guys, so good. I have never in my lifetime wanted a book to be a movie so badly because all I want is that image of like Tom Hardy yeah. as seven foot Tom rune right punching, punching his own face himself in the face <laughs> fine <laughs> it sounds nice to me too actually i deserve nice things and then she does she start to drag him into the earth she ghosts him too yeah so right. then she starts to make him invisible and he's like what the what fuck is happening is i know is happening. and then she's he's like holy shit you're not a vampire you're a hybrid you're yeah. half vampire and half, half phantom. fucking phantom, which back in Dark, Needs Conrad, it nice tied to a radiator. <laughs> right. <laughs> Naomi becomes a vampire, like, becomes a phantom, like, by chance. And somebody's like, it takes thousands of years for a ghost to become a phantom. So suddenly it's like, holy shit. What yep. the fuck is Rosie? Oh, it's Josie, not Rosie. <laughs> I was like, Why did I, 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 I don't say Rosie? Wait. Who is <laughs> Rosie? What the fuck is Josie? I told right? you, Sarah was really excited. Everybody, <laughs> you guys, I'm so excited. I love this book so much. So then, like, they're like, "Holy shit!" And then she basically turns to the and she's like, "Uh, you're never going to talk about me." Like, yeah. <laughs> if you like, and then she turns to Rune and she's like, "And you're not going to kill him, or I'm going to ghost you into the fucking ground and leave you there." Like, yeah. <laughs> It's, like, it's amazing oh my god and suddenly like this 25 year old nothing gets the jump on both of them is right? like the queen of the book, yes of the series right yeah until we meet lila <sighs> and then <laughs> you guys here's the hard truth rune is my favorite hero but josie is my second favorite heroine it's just interesting true. i know um so then we so then and then it's just like, find Nyx. It's like, scavenger hunt yeah, sure. for Nyx. Right. And so we and we discover that Rune is afraid of heights. In order for me to properly be believed that this is my favorite book and I'm not like, you know, a shill for Cressley, <laughs> I'm going to tell you the one thing that I have a problem with in this book. OK, well, then I'll tell you mine. OK, I would like to know. I bet mine is better. <laughs> uh, I'm sure yours is so better. So they're climbing this mountain in China and they're like, inching their way around like the narrow like wooden. yeah like little sure it sounds awful rune is afraid of heights he's basically like don't don't go anywhere near anything it's like you know that scene in pretty woman where um uh uh vivian is sitting up on the balcony like she's up, oh yeah on the balcony. Right. she's up and she's like look no hands and he's like fucking stop richard Gere is like yeah, stop it stop now. right now <laughs> come back down it's like that And I have this moment and at one point she ghosts into him and then like ghosts him and walks them out like off the ledge into thin air and he's like stop it stop like it's pretty fucking mean but he deserves it. (laughs) Wait I was like is that the part you don't like because I like that part. No in that moment I was like if this bitch (laughs) doesn't ghost into this guy's body and like force him to give himself like to actually masturbate himself that is a missed opportunity Cressley Cole and it doesn't happen it's true but it should not happen fanfic writers you have your charge (laughs) (laughs) oh god mine's gonna seem so much more churlish but i so i actually will tell you i i didn't love that they go to china and they go to airs rock because of my whole like all the immortals are white. know that too. And they call it Ayers Rock and instead of Uluru. I'm not I don't know how, to, don't say know how to pronounce it. Yeah. And I just was kinda like, you know, just you need to stop using it, like places in the world for backdrops if you're not gonna include people from those mm-hmm. places. Yes. I agree with that. I had I had a similar problem. I had a big problem with Ayers Rock. Not yeah. being called. Me, yeah, me too. Um me too. Yeah, like we're just going to go there and find I know, and we've said it a thousand times, like the rep in this series is not great. Yeah, yeah. Except for Loa, who is back in this book. Yes, well, and I think my thing too is like it had actually, you know, when they were out going to other realms, then it could be like just another thing, but now that they're back on Gaia and they're just like globe hopping for for like backdrop, I was like, meh, I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, take her to the top of Mount Rushmore. Fuck on George Washington's head. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> How about the Grand Canyon? Like, right? Like, why do you need to go to Australia? Right? Like, that's the part that felt like, you know, colonizer. She's a colonizer. It's fine. So there's that. So I'm glad we did that. I feel like mine was like, you know, a little bit silly. <laughs> but um, I actually do have another. I have a plot thing, too, that I always question. So anyway, so they turn, they go around and around and around and Nick's like run, sends them on a marry, you know, Mary Chase. And there's a part of me that's like, is Nick's doing all of this because she wants Josie to be happy? And like she knows they're sort of falling for each other and they're falling. They are falling for each other. And he's like helping her understand her powers in different ways. Oh, and at one point, Josie and Nick's get into it like they yes. fight and they yes, fight they for do. real. And, and Nyx kicks her ass. Yeah, like unabashedly. And basically says, and what Nix does is she uses her Valkyrie lightning to create like a thunderdome around them. And Rune is on top of a house trying to defeat them. And so he like strings up his most powerful arrows and like the lightning keeps, like he can't penetrate the, the lightning. And it's a fascinating moment because we – it's when we really see that Nyx is more than just, like, a crazy person who can – like, her power – it's really the first time we see her power as opposed to her knowledge, right? Right, right. But, like, nobody wants to meet Nyx in a dark alley. Oh, And no. she says to Josie at the end, like, Josie's got, like, three broken ribs and, like, a broken leg and, like, it's the first time – and Rune, like, takes her back to his apartment and, like, covers her in healing runes. Because um, he's so terrified. He goes to Loa to find a healing spell. Um, But Nyx says to her, you are the most powerful fighter, but you're not using your powers, right? Yeah. Like, because Rosie's... Um, why do I keep calling her Rosie? Josie, like, basically is just like, I'm going to hit it until it breaks, right? I'm going to squeeze it till it breaks. And, and Nyx is like, you are doing everything wrong. Because... She is when she is ghosted, when she's invisible, she's undefeatable. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like you're using your power when you should And shouldn't. she has telekinesis. She can move things with her mind. And basically this whole fight is Nick's way of showing her. Like you're you're you know, it's like float like a butterfly sting like a bee, right? And mm-hmm. you're you're never you're not floating when you should be floating. You're always trying to sting. Yep. Right? And I think that it's just this, like, object lesson for her. She doesn't learn it from Nyx. She has to learn by brute force Yeah, that there are other things. Right? It's, like, right. really fascinating. Yeah. So they get invited to, at the end... We have to talk about the ball, right? Yeah. So at the end, they get, like, at the end of this, like, wild goose chase, Nyx sends a gondola down the a Venetian Canal, um, <laughs> the Grand Canal in Venice, and uh, on it is a invitation to a fairy ball. Now... Half of Rune the, – the fairy half of Rune is royalty, of course. Yes. Fairy royalty, right? He is one of the surviving members of the royal fairy family. Right. And the person who currently – this is important for the next book, too. The person who currently holds the power in this royal family is a horrible monster person. Sethin, Is that his name? Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. But he's terrible, and he's Rune's half-brother, or cousin. It doesn't matter. Related. Half-brother. It's it's his half-brother. Yeah, same father. No, same... Same mother. Same mother. So um, he's Rune's Rune's half-brother, and he holds... He, like, has this magical scepter. Like, there are all these sort of magical fae things that will come into play in the next book. We'll worry about them then. But basically, Rune has vowed, on top of to serve Orion and find Nix he's also vowed to kill every member yes every surviving member of this family over the last 10,000 years like this is the way that he has come to like he is bent on revenge for his mother's death and like who wouldn't be right I did think there was like an interesting like meta commentary about like like generational guilt like Sethan, of course it. I guess it's different when they're immortals and they've been around forever. And Sethan really is terrible. But like when he's like, "I'm killing every single last one of those motherfuckers," mm-hmm. some of whom had like nothing, nothing to do, to with, do it. with it. It just goes to show yeah. how his revenge is so like it's stupid. It, yeah, well, it is. It's, yeah, stupid. it's stupid. Revenge always is. That's that's of the. That's why it's such a good plot. It's such a dumb plot. Um, It's because you never Revenge is never what you really Right Because right, you can't It's not going to solve the problem It's not going to bring mom back Yes Right Or exactly. like It can't kill Mag again Right Exactly It's always going to be doomed to be disappointing So they get invited to this ball And Rune knows it's a He knows he's going to get jumped Like he knows it's a trap for him So he's like But fine Because I'm Rune Darklight and I'm the greatest archer who's ever been arched, and <laughs> and we're we're gonna go. And he's like, and fuck, I have to take her with me because we made this stupid. She made that dumb vow, right, to the lore, right. So he's like, all right, listen, fairies are a thing. There's a scene. They wear a lot of pastels. Yeah. Everybody's gonna be in gauze. Josie's like, take <laughs> me, <laughs> take me, show. Let's take go thrifting. Me- to uh the french quarter to like the secondhand shops yeah and rune is like say what now rune is the embodiment of that gif of like the white guy like shaking his head but i do love at that moment that he is worried she'll be embarrassed right i love that he's a little like Oh, boy. Right? But I also want to point out, I think he thinks he she will embarrass him. Oh, of course she right? does. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, this is my chance to go back and show all of my horrible family that I'm going to crush them with my skills as Archer. I've been waiting 10,000 years for this moment. And now this, what is she going to turn up in? Like, she, can she be – like, she just – She basically – she ghosted into my body and made me punch myself in the face. Like, who knows what's (laughs) going to happen. What's about to happen. Right? You know what, though? You guys, she comes out. It's magnificent. And he – Well, first she asks him for blood. Yes. Right. Give me a bottle of your blood. And he doesn't know why. And when she comes out, he, I, I can't remember the exact language, but he basically staggers. Yeah. He almost falls over. He is so, yeah, blown away by how amazing well, she Well, what's funny is that she's in the, my favorite part is she's in the dressing room. And this is another like kind of echo of <laughs> Kat in The Master where she's like, are you ready? Because I look yeah. bananas yeah. good. <laughs> and he's like. Uh, yeah. I look wicked hot. <laughs> he's like, I think I'll be fine. And then he's like, oh, shit, I was not fine. Yeah. it's amazing. And I loved her confidence. She's also inked her neck. Yeah. She's cut a stencil and created a blood choker of the runes for, like, victory and something else. And he is – Good luck, I think. Victory and good luck. And, I mean, he just can't deal with it. It's the first time he's noticed that she, like, knows the runes enough Mm -hmm, to do it. It's, I mean, like, he sees his mark, like, it's his mark on her, right? Like, in his blood that no one else, is poisoned everybody else. You know, we've said, we've asked people before, like, what's the hottest thing? Is it blooding? Is it, um, is it the wolf bite? Like, what are, what is the thing that is the hottest? Like, this is all those things. It is both blood. And Demon Seal. And... All of it. Like, and he sees her and he's like, mine, 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 mine. Well, and remember, at this point, they have not slept together. They fooled around a ton. No. And he's like, tonight... Tonight I am going... Yes, right? And the part about the reason I think... Well, and I would say from this point on, this... Cressley Cole has put her fucking foot on the gas and if it was like the Fast and the Furious like press like the the NOS and mm-hmm. it's just like go it's like a rocket there is like no there's no stopping no. and it is amazing mm mm-hmm. the pacing is perfection at this point because they walk into this ball knowing that they're gonna get attacked but they still like dance and have this amazing time and everybody else is in these like frothy frilly dresses and she is like wearing this black satin gown with this blood choker and he it is like this he it's this amazing moment and then what happens and I remember when I first listened to the, I I first read this book probably around like a year ago last spring and I would be I was reading and listening because I literally couldn't stand to not be doing both right because mm-hmm, I it was mm-hmm. like one night I was reading and I realized the next day that I was gonna have to drive and go up to Evanston and I was like I have to download the audiobook I have I, I can't not read for a day And I was driving up to Evanston and I literally like stopped in my car and had like some time before I had to go into class and was just like, I'm just going to listen to the scene where these 50 swordsmen come out and it's this, what's amazing about it is she's like, oh my God. And he's like, this is insulting. There's only 50 of them. (laughs) they're not even like trained killers like he's like so insulted that anybody would think that this would bring him down and she's terrified and it is a really amazing moment and it's one of the few moments I've ever liked in a book where the heroine gets sidelined right she's like i'm in a fight too and he's like look let me... He's like, let me show you what I can do. Yeah. He's like a bragging. Yeah. yeah. At one point, he's like, you know, knocking arrows and shooting them. And he turns and winks at her. And she is like so turned on by the whole thing. And this... And the, and it's really interesting because he has it like firmly in hand. He's about to kick everybody's ass when his evil stepbrother or half brother appears, Seth N, And he essentially gets Josie in a, like, a chokehold. And, th- or, or, like, one of his assassins does, and he's up there, and, like, you know, they're doing that bad guy thing where they, like, talk to each other and tell each other all their plans. But, um you know, it's, like, this amazing moment because Rune, at that point, knows that she can handle herself. And that's why I didn't mind her being sidelined. Well, because he says, release her. He says the guy, he's like, release her or die a nightmare death. Yes. And everybody at that moment, readers too, I remember in that first, the first time you read it, you're like, oh, he's gonna kill him. And then you realize he doesn't mean him. He means Josie. He means Josie's gonna kill him. And she slowly, and she does it so dramatically. She like, ghosts him. She half ghosts him so that everybody can see him flickering, the like bad guy. And then she sinks into the floor like super slow and Rune is watching it like Oh my god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And it's a she does it with such theatrical flair. And he's like, I am wild about this fucking woman. And she leaves mm-hmm. and then she comes back up alone. Like she ghosts this guy into like the earth and then she goes and she's like, anybody else anyone else? <laughs> and everyone's like, Ah <laughs> It's like when Captain America beats the shit out of everybody in the elevator. She's like, Who's next? Yeah. Right? Exactly right? And I loved that she, that, uh, like, what I loved about that scene is that she knows that she can do it and that he knows that she can do it. There is never a Mm -hmm. moment where he's like, oh, no, she's in danger. He's basically like, oh, this poor motherfucker. Mm -hmm. She is about to kill him. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be amazing. (laughs) I know. It's, they're so perfectly matched. I know. Perfectly matched. So um, one thing I want to just flag for the next read is that at the end of this scene, Rune lets a one and done go, misses his brother, but hits the sword that is like the marker of, it's made with, it's not titanium, but something. And some, what is it? What's that Captain America shield was like vibranium vibranium, <laughs> like, vibranium. right, right. right. It's, like, yeah some special it's, iad something something steel or whatever right. it's a for special sure. kind of steel and it's like it it's it's basically like the person who owns this thing who is a fae yes. is the king or queen of the phase this is going to become important in the next book yeah right so absolutely that's like the fact that that has just been destroyed right. right so um so then and then she's like this was fucking awesome and he's like, well, great. I'm glad you enjoyed it because now this whole place is going to be exploded. So we have to go like now. And so they run and he takes them to uh, Australia, Australia, where they bone on I's Rock. Yeah. Um, And it's like his, he loses his demon seal. The lead up to this moment is really fascinating because he's like, look, I'm fine. We're fine. Like an F sex. I want to have sex with her. And she and he says that I want to have sex. And she is like, Well, I have been very clear with him about what that exactly that's gonna mean. So he is really ready to commit. And earlier in the night, instead of calling me Dove, he called me Love. And so it must be real. And he knows that if we do this, it really means that we are committed. Mm-hmm. So we can see all of the emotions. And then he even gets like cold feet and she's kinda like talks him back into doing it, mm-hmm. right? Oh yeah, because he does like suddenly he's it's like he's a virgin. He's like I can't it's great she's like oh are we role-playing and you're being you're being (laughs) you're being josie i'll be rooting. well honey you know it's it's a great moment and then of course you know it's like this epic sex but the um like the emotional and it's all told in her point of view at that moment like her assumptions happy it's happening she's gonna be mated She's gonna be able to have a family. Like she has said from the beginning, like, we're gonna have to be a partners, we're gonna have a family, that is gonna be in our lives. Like he's basically said, like, I'm gonna help you, we're gonna get that back. Like everything, everything is coming up roses for Josie. Everything's coming up Josie's. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I will say getting her name wrong several times is taking our inability to get titles right to a whole new level. And I just want (laughs) you to know, know, I I appreciate it. I was like, I do. But I think that that's why this moment is so important. It's, it's, yes, it's the sex, but it's her conviction that this means he finally realizes we're mated, right? But he does this thing that I don't love the feeling, the, I don't love how it feels. And I don't think Rosie... uh jesus christ (laughs) why do i keep saying it i don't don't know because it's basic. it's their name it's like it's um, rune yeah you're shipping them i'm shipping them it's their ship name sure um i don't think josie uh likes it either truthfully no she doesn't that he inks himself with a contraception spell so that he won't come right yeah And there is this sense that, like, he sort of, like, fucks around with her by saying, like, well, we don't know, my seed, like, it's been so long, and, like, maybe the, like, train, like, the bullet train of my semen will be, like, too concentrated for you, and you'll die. You'll shoot off in the Let's be fucking honest. It's because he still is afraid that she is his mate, right? Yeah, absolutely. So they're doing it on this rock, and she, like, scratches him, and, like, the contraception spell is wrecked yeah. and then his demon seal breaks and he comes all over inside her and she does not die. And she's like, ha ha told you. It's also to me like the um the like the like the counter argument to when Holly was like sort of like, right, like it wouldn't have mattered how many contraceptions you use, you were definitely get knocked up because you were the vessel, right? I feel like I never really loved that moment. And Mm -hmm. so this moment where he essentially tries something similar and it doesn't work, but it's Mm -hmm. on him, felt a little like as a reader, like, okay, I'm getting the other side of that scene. And I did, I was, I was happy for Josie that I really was, that his sort of attempt to like keep her from knowing that for sure. Because she needed, she, it's really important, I think, to her. That he finally says, like, "Yes, you're my mate." Yeah, of course it is. I mean, right? Yeah. And who can blame her? So, because that's the final, that's the final like nail in the coffin. It's a terrible metaphor, but like, that's the final moment, right? After that, happily ever after, right? Like, it never, it doesn't get worse than this. Like, it it doesn't get better than this. Like, literally, this is the moment. This is the moment where the book ends. Yeah. Except Rune's a stupid to motherfucker. To the unassuming reader, this is the moment where the book ends, and this goes immediately to, they've already been invited to Valhall to meet with Nix and Thad. They go immediately to Nix and Thad. They fight together. They bone a little bit. And that's that. Scene. Meet us next week with Wicked Abyss. Except. Oh, <laughs> except. Except Valhall is protected by the Wraiths. Right? Yeah. Who now – and this is so smart. Cressley just – I mean, it all just like knits itself together perfectly, right? Oh, God. It's amazing. It honestly is breathtaking. It is a – I say this all the time. People don't want to do the whole IAD series. They feel like it's too much. Sweet Ruin is a master class in plotting. Like from yes. the start to the finish, everything that happens on the page – and there is a lot of plot in this book – it leads toward this sort of masterful moment at the end so we get to valhall and rune has a plan he has something in his back pocket which is there's a nymph who he's never slept with who swears she has something that will get them into valhall so he's like well all right worst case scenario i have to go do my fucking job like and fuck this this nymph and then get whatever it is that she has right obviously, like this is a terrible idea. The other option, but he's like, but I got all my arrows, right? Like I can do this. We can do this. between Josie being able to do telekinesis, me with all my arrows, we can get into Valhall. No problem. So they start and it just doesn't like it doesn't work. Like Josie's doing everything. she's throwing like she's she's doing her very best. the race won't break. She can't trace in. She can't ghost in. There's nothing, like, can't do it, right? He's using his strongest arrows. The wraith ring is, like, tilting, but not breaking. And so finally he's like, well, there's no choice. Yeah, I gotta go fuck this other lady. She has a phoenix feather. Yeah. And a phoenix feather will get me in. I can make an arrow with it that will break the ring. Yeah. So Josie is like, you can't. Like, you can't go sleep with this girl. Now, I want to say there, this is the other way that the vow to the loth part pays off. Yeah. Because he's like, well, you have to come with me. Listen, listen, you got to come with me. It's heartbreaking. And it harkens back to that opening scene where she did see him, right? Because you know that he's basically like, look, we've been here before, like, no big deal, but you got to come with me. He's like, he says oh. to her, like, you can ghost into me so you can feel what I'm feeling and you'll know I don't care. Which is care. nothing. Like and she's like that Ugh. sounds terrible. Like all of this is terrible. Yeah. And he says, "I'll be thinking about you the whole yeah, time." He's like, "Whatever. It's not a thing. It's my Ugh. job." And then, and then he does like the worst bit, which is like, "You. I told you. I told you I wasn't going to change." Yeah. I told and, you. I mean, like, you just want to reach through the page into his like and just strangle him. Like he's. I definitely terrible. put him on cold storage. He is like terrible. T- Right? I was so mad. So they go into the covey, and Dolly is there. Yeah, Rune's friend Dolly, who runs the covey. This is where you know I told you I wanted my Christmas novella with DeShazer and Dolly. This is yeah, yeah, this is, this it. is it. Dolly runs the covey. Rune comes in, he gets a standing ovation. Um, Josie's like, "Fuck this nonsense." He's basically like, "You have to, you can't go far. Like, you have to stay here because I don't know how far your vow. Like, we can't risk it." Right? Well, and, and Dally's like, what, what in the fuck is wrong with you, bro? Yeah, she's like, this is not good. This is no, This is not working. So he's like, no, it's fine. It's fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> and so he goes. It's so bad. And this woman is like, uh, you better make it good for me. Like, it has to be long. It has to be, like, it has to be good because, you know, this is it. I'm giving you this phoenix feather. And he, and Josie starts to cry. And she cries black tears. Oh, and she God. walks out, and DeShazer's coming in, and he's like, Ah, lass. this is DeShazer.
1: He's like, Nix yeah.
0: told me. Yes. Three books ago. Ago, right. That I would see a. B- and she said, When you see the girl with the black tears, tell her to surrender. And yeah. so you, he's looking at her, and he's like, You're the girl with the black tears, surrender. And Josie's like, Fuck you, never. Like, she gets her second wind and she goes back to Valhalla and starts throwing <laughs> Lamborghinis like everything. She uproots fucking trees. <laughs> like she uproots a tree that has nymphs all in it and they all like fall out. Yeah. Like she's like throwing shit at Valhalla. She's yes. basically like, I will tear this house. T- like I will yes. break this house to the ground. Yeah, right, right. So like Valhalla's cut to inside where Lothair is like jesus fucking christ like what is happening in here right <laughs> right like what kind of fucking team Vertus thing have you got going on here right who is this bitch <laughs> right it's amazing and then you go back to rune and rune is has decided i can't do this like yeah. he's found his yeah i mean he's not able to do it so he's like i gotta quit my job <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Anyway, oh Lee, so he steals the phoenix feather. But, but wait, I would like yeah. to say he has a conversation with Dally first, right? Yeah. And this is important to me as a person who, like, loves groveling. I really need to see the moment where you have been destroyed. Mm-hmm. And he, like, st- like, this motherfucker stumbles out of this nymph's bed naked and is, like, trying to throw his clothes on. And Dally is, like, oh, my God. Like, practically with, like, a... I can't even describe, like, how she must be looking at him right now. And he's like, where is she? And she's like, gone, motherfucker. She is gone. And he is like, how? And she's like, well, she's with another man. (laughs) And he freaks out. And she's like, you don't get to do that. Yeah. Oh, because she said, because, oh, Josie makes another vow of the lore. Josie says, I vow to the Lord that for every time you fuck another woman, I will fuck another man. And he's like, what What? have you done again? And it's like this really interesting way in which he like, like, that's not important to me, but it's important to her. That's when he realizes. Yeah. And then what he also realizes is um, she's because he's like, I'm doing it for Thad, right? He's got this fucked up thing in his head. And what he realizes is she still loves Thad, but she loves me more. And she would never ask me to do this for him. And why am I asking? And it's it really honestly now, again, I I'm not going to lie to you. I read this book and I was like, "Mm, you need to be in cold storage overnight. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Oh, I mean, right? For another ten thousand years. Yes. I was, see you in ten thousand years. I was still so pissed, right? There was not enough grobling for me in this book because even though and and I will say though, like he then, you know, he goes to Valhall. He figures out that that's where she is. wait, can we talk about the fact that when he gets to Valhall, all the Moriora are there? Like, okay, I want you to imagine this, everybody. I'm going to paint you a picture, okay? Your entire personal life is falling apart. Like, fucking falling apart because of you, asshole. Yes, right. You turn up to, like, woo back your lady love. And everyone you work with is like, where have you been? Right? Right? <laughs> and they all have telepathy, so they all know what you did. And they're like, "Are you a fucking?" So they're dumbass? all like talking in your head, like, "What the fuck <laughs> have you done?" And one of them is like, "I'm pretty sure this is your mate," and she's a total kook, maniac. Like, what <laughs> is she doing? She's just destroying millions of Everything. dollars worth of cars. <laughs> like, yes. She's gonna be like literally like folding Louisiana in on itself in order to get rid of this yeah. house and get and her brother. Somebody back. is like, somebody's like, she's magnificent, and he's like, yeah. no, don't even like. Cian, <laughs> who is the most, yes. who is the most beautiful human, like most beautiful creature ever to walk the earth, like
1: is yeah. like is like, like mm.
0: she's real great. <laughs> like, <laughs> so and and here's the part that I love. Then like basically sad is on the other side of this, he doesn't know that it's Josie, right? He, so they're having this moment and he finally realizes like, Oh shit, this is like my long lost sister who I thought was dead. And he like picks her up and he's like cradling her in his arms. And okay. There's the whole flashback where we realize she's basically Supergirl. girl. <laughs> then, which I like, I was like, oh, that's the other part I didn't love. I just remembered. Anyway, she and Rune essentially is like, give her to me. Give her to me. Yeah, he's like, I love her. She's my mate. I Give her to me. And Sad's like, nah. I don't think so, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. the fuck are you? Yeah. She and, and Sad says she was using telepathy against you. You are not. You might feel that way about her, but she does not feel that way about you. And I really did love Sad in that moment. Yeah. Well, Sad's great. I haven't seen her in forever, but clearly you do not deserve. I'm not handing her over to you right yep. now. It's magnificent. So that oh. takes Josie home to mom Uh, and grandma (laughs) I mean and then suddenly this book gets real fucking weird but I love it like I love it well it's like chapter 71 I know it's we've been on a journey no what's funny is Eric is gonna be like um this is where the book gets real fucking weird (laughs) it gets weird because they go home to the place where their mother and grandmother live (laughs) And they like hang out for a week. Yeah. Oh, so I mean, we don't have to, we're not going to get into like how Cressley neatly like sews up the wraiths versus the Valkyries versus everything. But basically at the end of this, Nyx is like, all right, you're on our team. Right. And the Moriora are like, I guess this is over then. Oh, because Nyx basically says to Rune, like, you can't kill me anymore because if you, the second you kill me she dies like she can't she can't eat or whatever because she's not with you anymore right so so and then she makes rune vow that none of the other morir will kill her either right the hill he won't come for her and none of her brethren none of his brethren yeah it's like it's a trap and i think the other part that i i i actually also want to say is you know 800 books ago the setup is that the race are gonna protect Val Hall, but that once the braid that the race are like collecting the locks of hair from is long enough, they'll be able to control every valkyrie in the world for a certain amount of time and then basically, because things go sideways at this fight right um she's like, ugh, oh, you fucked up, and now our contract's void, and they were literally like one lock of hair away, and again, like you like you're like. Perfect. It's perfect. It's like on because the whole time you've been like, well, shit, what's going to happen when. With these wraiths. And then you're like, oh. Yeah, Cress is like, nothing. Nothing's going to happen with the wraiths. <laughs> Nothing's going to happen. Nix is going to fire those motherfuckers. Yeah. You didn't do your job. <laughs> exactly. Look who got through. Exactly. Right? It's amazing. It's perfect. It's perfect. It is perfect. Um, This is also the scene where Alexa is like, these bitches haven't paid their taxes and they threaten me. <laughs> I love I it. I love I have a pin you guys that um, Jen had best friend Kelly make for me um, that <laughs> says what would Elixta do because I just I love her. I love her so much I know. like if I made I a list of too. my favorite iid characters it would go Loa Elixta. Deshazer, ah, that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So anyway, amazing. The so that so that's that. So then they go home. They go home to this house where like two old ladies like to take care of that, like to care for that. Just like everyone likes to care for that. Like literally every person in the world, including Jen and me, care want to care for that. Yes. Um, and so. They go home to this house where, like, people make fried chicken, despite the fact that vampires only eat drink blood. Um, and and basically, like, their like the librarian who adopted that a thousand years ago says, "You can stay with us, your yeah, family. Right. You stay with us." And she's like, "Oh my god! Like, I have family." Except yeah. she's like, "But I, but I loved that guy, who yeah. was an asshole." so fuck him. Yes. I'll get over it. Right. 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 And she's like, I'll stay for a week. Yeah, I'll stay for a week. And meanwhile, Rune is like figures out where she is and just like fucking eavesdrops and watches her from like the pool house. And I was like, this would only be acceptable to me if he was like had to lay on a bed of nails while he did. Exactly. Or perhaps if like He constantly was slamming his fingers in the door or something like that. I wanted him to be more tortured. I know. And part of the challenge here is that we don't see his torture on the page. We don't. It goes back to that moment with McGreeve where, like, you know, whatever. They're like, well, we could, you know, we have an incubi here who's happy to, you know, give her sex medicine. And he's like, we're not in his head. We can't see it. Yeah. Yeah. And here we see Rune Work quickly to protect And then we see But what we do see is Rune leaves To meet Orion To say I quit Yeah, I'm not gonna be your Your like fuck informant And Orion's like "Yeah, But you're my archer <laughs> yeah. Wait what are you talking about And What have you been up to dummy And this is where I'm gonna kick it to you Rune, um, Rune Jen <laughs> Um, because I don't, because I have a thing that I think you should talk about, which is dreams come into play in this book. Yeah. Um, Josie, how do we feel about Josie dreaming Rune's memories? Is it still a cheat? You know, I was thinking about this today because we've talked about this so much So basically what happens is she's been dreaming his memories at the beginning and then she accidentally gives it away when she says this is before they have sex right when she says good Good morning and he's like how long have you known and what did you know and what was really interesting about this moment to me is in some of the previous books I thought a lot about this and how I wanted to say it I'm not sure I'm going to do it justice in previous books, when the men, like, understand what, ha- what has happened to their heroines, it's because we don't want the heroines have to, to have to, like, say it on page. We don't want to have to, like, essentially, like, traumatize them again. And so I ended up kind of coming around to liking it, although I did feel like it was a cheat, like, with Lothair, like, whatever. But mm-hmm. in this case, I ended up thinking that it was, like, we needed to see it on the other foot and for him, he needed to see that she was not going to pity him, right? And I think that that's, like, again, it's just, like, like what is the emotional response you want when you, when you can hear someone's stories? And he just never wanted her to pity him. And the fact that she doesn't and that she knows what happened to him and she's, like, he very quickly, like, understands that it means that he can still trust her, I Mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. I do think it was really, really important that that happened before they have sex and not after. Mm -hmm. Because they have to go into that sort of like clean. So I think the timing of that reveal did happen at the right time. I think it didn't have the same weight it did because I think she already is so in tune to his emotions that nothing about it really shocked her Mm -hmm. whereas when male characters do it it's like a shortcut to understanding things that happen to women that they never really think about exactly I think that's accurate I really like it I also think that it's another look look Cressley writes very difficult childhoods for so many of her heroes this is another way of doing it so that it doesn't feel so painful yeah um, to the reader well and I think after McReeve like, okay, we've talked about leveling it up. You can't level up after McGreev. No, it's so awful. Well, McGreeves is so painful, too. The first, like, yes. 60 or 70 pages of uh, McGreeves are a lot yes, to get through. right? And so we get the sense instead that he has, like, dealt with this or is dealing with this his own way, and we're just where he is right now. Yep. So I I do think in that sense she's like, I can just show this to Josie, but I don't need to show it to you. Right. So, I also want to talk about Josie's beginnings, just briefly. So, basically, Josie is Superman. Supergirl. Supergirl. Right. Have you watched Supergirl, the TV show with your daughter? I have Maybe not. she's too little. Well, it's essentially, like, the same in Supergirl, the TV show, which is the one I know, the one that's on right now, she essentially, it's like, is put in an escape pod at the same time that, like, Superman is, and it's her cousin, and she's supposed to, like, watch out for him as a oh. baby. Okay. She's older than Superman? I think so. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, a little. Okay. Yes. So, anyway, there's an end of a world, and they go into stasis, Thad, and and Josie go into stasis, and so it turns out Josie's, like, the primordial f- phantom like vampire right right so here we are like our 24 year old heroine is actually like thousands of years old yeah which is why thad is so fucking powerful and frankly why josie is like she hasn't reached the pinnacle of her power but she will so rune overhears this and is like oh (laughs) that makes sense it's a little bit of like a It's a workaround. Like there's it's it is the it is the single misstep in this book, I think, like the the kind of like suddenly he kind of gets where like he instantly understands everything that's happened. But like and we've never seen anything like this before. Like we've never seen this is a brand new thing that's happening in IAD. My assumption was it's well established in this book that the Morior can read each other's minds Mm-hmm. And so at this point in time, I just assumed it was almost like a a new highway got was lane <laughs> like mm-hmm. right down to her brain for the the new telekinetic highway. Right was basically just built. Right, but yeah, I mean, I think it's fine. It's fine. It's just not like I don't actually really care at all about it. I think that's I part care. of the challenge. Is and it's partially because it has not. <laughs> I don't read spy novels. um, It's partially because it has absolutely nothing to do with the romance, right? So, like, you're sort of like, "Uh, I don't care. I don't really care about this. So, which is part of the challenge with the whole – that whole ending is he's watching from outside. And there is a moment – one of my favorite moments in the whole book is when Rune finally says – like, he reveals himself and she's like, you've been here for a week and I missed you. Like, where were you? And he's like, I was here. I was watching. And she was like, "Why? Like I, wh- you waited a week. Like wh- why didn't you come and talk to me?" And he was like, "Because I wanted to give. You, to, I wanted you. I wanted to put your needs before mine, which was yeah. the first. It's the first time Rune has ever ever done that. Put anyone's needs before his right. own, with the exception of Orion, who he felt like he feels like deeply indebted to because Orion saved him." Mm-hmm. It may not be enough of a grovel and it's certainly not like an emotional grovel in the way that like your favorite books of your favorite grovels are grovels where people sure. like are deeply emotional. Yeah. Rune's grovel is very intellectual. I mean the gro- again though, this classic Crustly, the grovel for her is action. So when she has her night drift, right? Where she like ghosts and drifts away into up. the stars, which is her biggest fear. And his biggest fear is heights and he grabs onto her and they are like (laughs) in lower earth orbit. Yeah, they're in the stratosphere. Right? And (laughs) there's a point where she's like, how far are we? And it's this amazing moment where he just shakes his head at her and she's like, oh, it's not good then. And she like, essentially they plummet. It's like a free fall until she can materialize again. And then he traces them back to Mm -hmm. like, right? Somewhere safe. And- I did find myself thinking that it in that way it didn't surprise me, right? The grovel for him is action, which is I saw that you were drifting away. I knew that was your greatest fear. It has, It's now hooking into my greatest fear, and I'm going to grab you anyway. Yep. Wherever you're going, I'm I going. I want to be with you yeah Oh, no. <laughs> I, I love it so much and I then know. he like what makes this magic do. rune door in their house in Tortuga or wherever the hell they are and if they open the door they're like in the kitchen with her with her mom and it's just it's so sweet and perfect and I love it and I want them to have lots of babies Ugh, I never. That's not anything I ever want. But okay. Sure. No, I do. I want it. I want it. At one point, he's like, "You could eat, and we could, you know, try it." Yeah. And, oh, and she's like, "I want to have your babies," and I'm like, "I want you to have your babies." I don't want anyone to have babies, but I I appreciate that I'm not ever like i you know. How do we feel about the epilogue, you guys? We are. It's two hours. It was a two-hour episode. <laughs> I know. We told that we warned everyone. Um, how do we feel about the epilogue? Him teaching her how I'm to looking read. At a, oh You're a teacher. Yeah. Is that your jam? It is my jam. When he writes mine across her chest. Mm hmm. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, it's pretty sexy. Mm. Yeah. I think it's also here's the other thing I would say about him teaching her how to read is it's It's – you're so vulnerable, right, right? when you have to put yourself in the position of learning. Mm -hmm. And it's also, to be a teacher, you have to be so patient. And this is like a moment, I think – yeah, so yeah, of course, it totally worked for me. Well, I also want to call out the fact that Cressley doesn't usually write an epilogue. Yeah, I know, right? There's this epilogue here, and part of what I love about it is that – so the epilogue in a romance novel is – it does a, it does work like I, yes. a lot of people like i'm going to i'm going to call out our heaving bosom sisters because one of them i can't remember which one i think it might be melody uh doesn't read prologues or epilogues yeah i know right i was like what and i'm always <laughs> like that's not a thing like they those are words that we wrote for a reason yeah. but like so and i know that, that that's not actually uncommon a lot of people don't read epilogues Um, But the epilogue does the work. Here's what the epilogue does for a true romance reader. It gives you proof that Happily Ever After happened. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so this is why, like, I I know, like, you don't want anybody. You don't wish babies on anyone. And I I don't don't either. Your body, your choice, ladies. But, (laughs) but... I love a baby in an epilogue because it tell it sort of like flags that sort of like we're in the future yeah. like there's the this couple will they like they'll have a legacy like in yeah. a thousand years there will be more Josie and runes right running around but right. so that said, that said like that's a weird and I get it. I get the problematic nature of that yeah. like we can talk about that in another episode, but in this particular case, what? cressley is giving us is a glimpse at happily ever after these two this is like four pages of pure domestic idol like they're like in this house reading books smooching like joking yeah getting a little frisky and it's lovely even though outside the door something is brewing yeah and i think you know what it reminds me of is um you know the movie Speed, which B in her book swears is a romance and I'm kind of with her there mm-hmm. is like there's a whole like sort of ongoing thing like right like where he's always like you know uh, relationships that start and intense circumstances never work out. And this is like this epilogue is like a little promise to us as a reader that even though so many intense things happen to these characters and I would argue here this epilogue is like all of them, right? That it's, it's it's like, okay, yes, but they still have these these moments of domesticity where we see them together, like, doing things together. And so in that way, it's uh, unlike other epilogues, which are, like, wrapping up an entire book or series or looking to the future, this is just, like, a little, like, outtake of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And yet, because we only saw them in action, we needed to see this, too. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, like, there's no moment we. I mean, it's pacing, right? Yeah. There's just no time None. in the whole book. Like, it, the pacing is so fast, and like, there's no time to see them quietly loving each other. And, and so we need that. You see them quietly loving each other in the epilogue, and it's right. beautiful. And I love it. And I wish Crestley would write epilogues for all the characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. <sighs> <laughs> Did you get it all out, was Sarah? Was it as good for you as it was for me? <laughs> I'm going to tell you it was because I was really afraid that I would just be like, not to have anything to offer, but I do feel like I offered things worth saying. You saving, are magnificent. So. <laughs> you are magnificent. I never worried about that at all. I have some I have some outstanding questions. Like, at one point, Nick says to Rune, um, don't you want to know what the runes on your mother's talisman mean? Yeah. Mean. And she never... Yeah gives them we don't know yeah um i really really want blaze i think i'm on record for wanting blaze and fury to be a match i know that cressley has said christoph and fury but who even remembers who christoph is yeah christoph is off i don't think anybody cares about him anymore so and then uh, elixir i want everybody to pay their taxes to (laughs) elixir yeah i mean there's a lot of things being set up here and I want that dragon to be a hero. Yeah, I think there was God. There's something else for me, and I just like lost it. But I remember thinking, "Oh, there is one line um, when they're like kind of fighting, and all Team Vertas, including Lothar, up on the porch or whatever, where there's this line about like how her carefully constructed alliance already had cracks in it. Who's Nixes? Nyx's, right? So there's a sentence that's, like, her carefully constructed alliance was already showing, oh. like, cracks. And I'm, so I, I'm really curious about that. But because, <clears throat> of course, at this point, I'm so convinced that Nix, anything we see is what she wants us to see. Yep. Yeah. Right? Well, and what's really interesting is we're about to move into Wicked Abyss, and there's virtually no lore. It's so self-contained. That... But- It's really – I mean, like, I think Monroe being next is a really fascinating choice because – Oh, God, me too. I can't – you know, I've said this from the start that, like, at the beginning of every Cressley book, I think to myself, like, all right, what are the threads? How is it going to work itself out? And I'm always wrong. I cannot see any reason why Monroe would be next. But it is. Yeah. And Cressley for sure has a reason. So – Yeah. Okay. So, Sarah. Yes. Next time – We're going to the player. (gasps) Yay! Also my favorite. (laughs) Also, we didn't really talk a lot about Rune as a broken hero, but like we are going to do some real work on broken heroes with the player. And then we're going to do Shadow's Claim and Shadow's Seduction together. And then we'll go to Wicked Abyss. And uh, you know what? Don't ask us what season two Faded Mates is because... Yeah, we have a season two plan but we're not ready to reveal it. But there I mean that's kind of it, right? Like there is a season 2. Yeah. There is a season 2. It's coming either end of August, beginning of September. I don't know what the dates are, but we'll start yeah, we'll there, we're it out. not taking a break. We're going to lean we're going to jump right into it. It'll be Faded Mates. Um, you know, uh, Ruby Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Hey, you know what? Faded Mates Blue Aliens. Yes. <laughs> So, can I say something exciting that's happening in my life, everybody? Yay! Yes. I think I'm kind of ready to announce it. So, um, in just a couple of days from when this comes out on July 6th, Kirkus will be um, putting... I've been asked to interview a bunch of authors, and the first author interview goes up on July 6th. It's going to be Reese Ryan, and this is like the kickoff of what looks like a kind of full-time gig for me at Kirkus,
1: Yay! as their romance
0: correspondent yay romance correspondent woo! but she's not leaving the podcast i would only allow no. her to take this job if she <laughs> promised she's not leaving the podcast i'm a little nervous because there's like a new editor in chief so who knows maybe he'll be like nah, she's terrible but f- as of um, right now maybe he'll be like wow she's amazing she should have my obviously dog. Uh, <laughs> I already have, like, a bunch of jobs. This is the job I it's want. True. It's do. I don't think you want to be editor-in-chief of Kirkus. Um, oh, yay. No. July is going to be super exciting. I have a thing happening in July, too. You do have a thing happening in July. <sighs> Tell us about it. You guys. Uh, I have a book out. I've been talking to you about it a lot. I know. Um, it's called Brazen and the Beast. It's out July 30th. If you pre-order... Uh, from my local bookstore, which is Word in Brooklyn, we'll put the link in show notes. And you say "Faded Mates," you can get "Faded Mates" stickers. You can also get these amazing mirrors. Oh, um, each pre-order so will be cute. signed, and it will come with a mirror that says the year of you, which will make sense when you read about Hattie. Um, there, fun fact for "Faded Mates" listeners: there are at least three points in this book where my editor circled a line and said, this feels intense. And it's basically because it was like a Cressley Cole line. Like he would bring her the heads of her enemies. <laughs> so um, I feel like anybody who loves IAD, if they're willing to try a historical, this might be a book that you would like. It's going to be a book that you like. Trust me. It's amazing. Um, But it's coming out July 30th. And that's exciting. Um, Jen and I are also doing a live um, episode of Faded Mates with mm-hmm. the Wicked Wallflowers crew, Jenny and Sarah. We'll be doing that at RWA. Um, RWA is coming the, thir- is the third week of July. Um, I'm also hosting the Ritas. We'll put links to yeah. that. That you can watch online. Um, the Ritas are, it's a whole lot this year. Yeah. Um, Jen's been reading all the books We'll we'll connect to her thread also And that is that Two hours It's a lot This is Fated Mates everyone We love you Thanks for staying with us for two hours Thanks for letting me like scream in your ear holes about Rune Darklight for two hours I, I gotta say like I feel like I have to like give a speech or something related to this episode But like I've been waiting for this episode forever I'm really excited that all of you are still with us We started this for fun, and, like, this is awesome. I'm super excited. Me too. Subscribe if you haven't already, although if you are listening to us, what's wrong with you? Subscribe (laughs) on your local podcast app. Um, We are free. Uh, If you haven't and you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Like us. Um, And you can always look at show notes, which are amazing. Jen puts them together and does so much work every week. Uh, And you can – what else? What else can they do? They can comment on the website at ThetaMates.net. Instagram or Twitter. Twitter, ThetaMates. Instagram, Pod. We love you. We do love you. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.